Yo, what is up, chumps? Welcome back to the Fantasy Chumps podcast. Feels like it's been a while. I don't know about you, Nate, who is joining me today. It just feels like it's been the craziest past like week, but especially today. It definitely feels like a lot has happened since last week. So this was a big day for our league today. It was the trade deadline, which we um, like to set a little bit earlier than I feel like most leagues that I've heard do um, because we have started incorporating uh, uh, draft picks that can be traded now. And we'll honor that into the next season and even on further. So we try and stop it a little early to, I don't know, make it a more, more fair, make people make a decision on whether they're rebuilding next year or, or trying to go for a ship this year. But uh, yeah, yeah. We, we will get into it, but a lot went down today before noon. <laughs> it was the craziest two hours of our league. Ever. It was quite literally the craziest, like most hectic final 15 minutes of that trade deadline that I've ever experienced. My hands were sweaty at work while it was going on. Dude, the crazy thing is I feel like we're also getting close towards the cycle where everybody at the trade deadline is either, you know, just full on tanking and everybody's just buying in this year. Yeah. I, I, I hope we don't get in that cycle. We might have to move the trade deadline up to avoid that, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more as we go on but it was yeah it was it was a crazy week for us but it was a also a crazy week in the nfl too that's true in both fantasy results and other news related (laughs) that's true well we'll start off like we always do the question the pod nate i came up with this what are some tips that you have in regards to the second half of the season push towards the playoffs because we're kind of in the home stretch now i think we have we're not so much the second half, but the last like three games of the regular season. So you have like anything you do or, you know, obviously trade just went down, but you know, just any tips you think you have? Cause I have a few. Yeah. I don't know if I have necessarily any like polished tips necessarily, but I mean, I think the biggest thing, if you're trying to make moves, um, to either make that playoff push or just remain competitive, um, you definitely need to just like be honest and assess your weak spots in your lineup. Um, I think that goes a long ways. If you can do that in comparison with like other people in your league, I mean, you want to look at who the best, you know, team in your league with the best wide receiver core versus like the worst and like where you would rank at in there and, and try and move from there. If you're, if you're talented at running back, maybe you could spare a running back for for a better wide receiver just to get some more consistency, which was kind of the opposite of what I did today. I had a lot of wide receiver depth, and I gave up some of that for for a more consistent running back play. But um, I think that's definitely the best starting point for, for anybody that's trying to make a second – or a push for the second half of the season. Yeah, some tip. One tip I always look out for, uh, and when I first heard it, like it makes sense. But if you're if you have a player you're interested in, try to look, or if you have a group of players, look at 
when their bye week is, right? So I actually just traded for two receivers at this crazy deadline. Both of them have had their bye week already. So all three of my, well, my two starting receivers in flex now will not like miss a game unless they get hurt. So that's I don't, huge, have, to worry, yeah. I, I don't have to worry about like, my flex at all. Uh, one of my running backs has a bye week, but other than that, my whole starting lineup's basically like set for the rest of the season, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say one thing I try to do, because like in the beginning of the season, you just want as much depth and as many players as you possibly can, because it's football, injuries happen. You don't really know what's going to happen. You have surprise breakouts like Mike Williams, you know, et cetera. DeAndre Swift to some extent, um, as well as a breakout. And you're just not aware and ready for it, I guess is the right word. So you always just try to maximize your swings essentially in the draft. But once you get to like this point in the season, it's all about your starting lineup, right? Right. So um, you always want to have at least one, you know, quality depth piece just in case somebody gets hurt, like at each position. Um, But yeah, basically I was just, you know, after the trade deadline was over, I picked up a player or two, you know, just uh, that I think had a chance of starting. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my two cents on it. I've, yeah, I've, that's something I never really thought about, but I, I guess thinking, reflecting on it now, I've caught myself doing is, yeah, you, you're only, I mean, for our main leagues, it's different for a, a best ball league, I suppose. But yeah, if you, you can only be scored on the people that you're starting and you want to be confident in, that your starting lineup is going to be your best opportunity to put up the most points. So yeah, if you have a lot of depth, um, then I would try and consolidate that. Um, that could be really valuable towards the end of the season. Yeah, but, absolutely. Just maximize, you know, if you can give up like two players for a better player you like, do it. Yep, but, do it. Um, so I guess we'll move on to the news because there's honestly a ton of news that happened over the – honestly, all these like happened within the past two days too. It's just yeah, wild. So – this happened today, actually, as of this recording, Wednesday, November the 3rd. <coughs> Excuse me. Odell Beckham Jr. might be getting cut. So his dad posted a video basically slandering Baker because he was showing how much his son was open on these routes and how much he missed him like in the games. And so this caused a lot of like internal rift within the organization they sent baker mayfield home kevin stefanski told the team hey be prepared for odell not to be on the team you know all this stuff went down nate nate what do you think about it from not only fantasy but just the football perspective too i don't know i mean i think the whole like obj cleveland move has hasn't really lived up to the expectations that i think people were hoping for obj had a really Really hot start to his career in New York. Kind of was on the injury train for a little bit towards the end of that time. But moved to Cleveland where I think there was a lot of hype for him. And maybe he could do well and really be a key component of that offense. And We've seen glimpses of it, but we really haven't seen a lot. And I think it's been underwhelming to us as, as I mean, underwhelming to Browns fans, fantasy fans people um and then definitely people in the organization 
I don't think they've got a lot out of there. And uh, definitely has probably some tension from that. And this is probably just a culmination of all those things. Yeah, he's uh, the next two years, he's getting $15 million a year. None of it's guaranteed after this year. So I think they might just cut him now and just move on from everything because I don't think they'd keep him on the roster next year anyway. So yeah, I think that's what they're thinking. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know what – I mean, definitely keep your eyes on the news for OBJ, but it's probably getting almost too late in the season to where a a move or a pickup um, for another team for OBJ. I don't think it would have much fantasy impact or relevance. Yeah, I, what's what's happened with Josh Gordon doesn't give me much uh, encouragement for what he's yeah, been able to do. I think Goodell's better than Josh Gordon. Oh, for sure. And I mean, he's been playing off and on because of injury, but he's actually been in the league for a while, so he's probably a little sharper and more ready to go. But I, I, I wouldn't get your hopes up that he's just going to break out if he gets signed by somewhere else. Right. It, it's going to be more of like a good football move, not necessarily fantasy football move. Right. Unfortunately. But um, the next piece of news, very sad. Henry Ruggs was in a car crash that um, unfortunately ended up in the other person, the other car passing away from everything. Um, you know, it's just kind of a terrible situation. Didn't Don't really want to get too much into the details of the off the field because, you know, but it's very sad, you know, prayers are up for everybody involved, but he got cut by the Raiders, basically just, you know, switching gears. How do you look at it from a fantasy perspective? Um, I It's hard to think about that. I it know, is, but. it is hard to think about it as a fantasy perspective, but I mean, I guess you would think of the cut of Henry Ruggs being probably good for Darren Waller holders. Darren yeah. Waller already gets a considerable portion of the target share, but I mean, I don't really know who else they'll be throwing to. So I see um, Darren Hunter Waller Renfro. and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I guess there's Brian or Byron Edwards. Brian Edwards, watch out. Yeah. Could yeah. Nice. I think those are really the people I would keep your eye on. True. Um, Chris McCaffrey got taken off the IR today. Um, I don't think he practiced today, but we are hoping he practices tomorrow and Friday with the chance to play Sunday. Nate, if he plays, are you starting him? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. You, you just can't leave, I guess, even like a questionable Christian McCaffrey on the bench. Yeah. I, I think it's impossible, but um, unless you were just absolutely stacked. But – no, I, I I don't own him. I own him in one league, I think, and I'm playing against him in a lot of others in some upcoming weeks. But he's quite possibly the best fantasy football player of our generation, at least in the last five or six years. So yeah. I'm really excited for him to come back. Me too. Hopefully it works out and he doesn't you know, push himself too hard. Right. Um, Aaron Rodgers out this week versus the Chiefs. As Chiefs fans, we are uh, honestly delighted. We kind of need a, a couple breaks to go our way. Um, but he contracted COVID. Apparently, he wasn't vaccinated, so he's out at least 10 days. Um, Nate, like, 
who are you still starting like Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams? Definitely starting Aaron Jones. I another one, Devontae Adams. I don't know how you can't leave him out of your lineup. I just think uh, even though Jordan loves a considerable downgrade and it's going to be a different offense, I think they'll try and get the ball in their playmakers' hands. And I think it'll have to go through Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. I think that's really their best shot of putting up points, keeping up with the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, I that's true. wouldn't worry too much about those those key guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, another – these two are, I mean, kind of more minor. Aaron, Michael Thomas is out for the year. Um, I know I drafted him in one league because he, he was like a ninth-round pick, and I was like, sure, why not? Didn't work out. So uh, you should cut him. Yep. But, Nate, I, I do have a question. How, how does this impact his value in a dynasty league for you? That's hard. Um, I mean, it doesn't. It's You haven't played him all year. I think you, if you have him, you still probably keep him. I don't think pe- many other people are going to be valuing him for what he really could be worth. Um, I think it's hard if you could get maybe a a first round pick or something for him, which I do think he's worth in a dynasty. Um, I think if you could get that, I would maybe swing for it, but um, he is is 28, but yeah, he's also 28, which isn't, which I, I don't really think I wouldn't call that old yet by any means. And he's been out for the last two years, so it's not like he's had injuries, but he doesn't have a ton of miles, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll be okay. If it were me, I'm I'm just holding him, and honestly hoping he maybe gets traded. Yeah, he might. They might move on from him too. There's a potential out in his contract at this season. So yeah, the contract nerd coming into play. Uh, the Rams released Deshaun Jackson. He was hardly playing. He still has some juice left, but Nate, just quickly, like, what would be like the best landing spot fantasy wise you think for him if you just had to throw out a, you know, um, I could honestly see maybe like a Washington or something it was kind of okay. somebody that I was thinking of. Um, I mean, isn't Curtis Samuel off IR now? kind of he no, is no, but he's, he's like he's not okay he i thought he, he was cleared from it but it wasn't really playing at all um but i think they are really hurting for another uh player or like component on offense with logan thomas also on ir um antonio gibson's been pretty banged up this year so it's really just terry and and uh jd and antonio gibson right now i think if yeah. i could see him going there and I think that would be great for Terry McLaurin. Um but they're in a weird spot too where I mean what are they two and five now? Two and four. Yeah, they're they're so. in a tough spot and really the Cowboys are running away with that division. So if they're looking to make a push maybe for a wild card or something, uh he could help. So my two teams quickly the first one Kind of talked about already the Las Vegas Raiders. You just lost your deep threat. That's a good one. You know, bring him in. 
you know, just for the rest of the year, see if it works out. Another one, we also talked about this team, is the New Orleans Saints. Because with Michael Thomas going out, I think they're preparing for him to come back. If you give, you know, Taysom Hill, Deshaun Jackson, stretch the field a little bit, give some more room for Alvin Kamara, I think that'd be a huge addition to their wide receiver room that I honestly, I don't think is that great. Yep. You know what? I actually have another one. And I also have another piece of news that we may have glossed over. Um, Calvin Ridley on the Falcons. Calvin Ridley came out and said that he was going to step away from football for personal reasons. And with Ridley plans to not return for the rest of the season. Um, So that could be a potential landing spot in Atlanta as well. Um, They really have a lot of B and C list, uh, really C or D list receivers in Atlanta, plus um, Cordero Patterson and uh, Kyle Pitts. So Deshaun Jackson could be a cheap sign for them that um, could kind of help. Yeah, exactly. Did you have a piece of news or was the Ridley one? It, it was the Ridley. Was that last week or was that? I think that was like Saturday or Friday. Yeah, we didn't even yeah. talk about it. That was so long ago. But yeah, he's out. Uh, I hope everything's going good with him personally. But from a fantasy perspective, you just kind of have to be a little frustrated because that was definitely a swing in the miss in the second, third rounds of drafts this year. That was one that I I didn't really have to worry about it because I didn't draft him in many leagues. It wasn't in a good position too, but I really thought he was going to have a breakout year. I oh, thought he I was in a super, super good position too with Julio gone. I think, I mean, if you did draft him in the second or third, that's, that's tough. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this is kind of the news, but we're, we just got to talk about that trade deadline real quick before we take yep. a break. Nate, what like so basically I just wrote down a little bit of the the stats. So from ten fifteen to noon, we had nine trades involving twenty draft picks for the next year. Yep. In a sh- shy under two hours. I think everybody was at work. We were not very productive. If my boss is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think he is. Uh, honestly, I think it was the craziest like part of our league history would you would you agree oh 100 percent. it was insanity for a while i mean i think everybody was kind of hesitant to make moves like leading up to this week we knew the trade deadline was coming up and everything but nobody really wanted to be the first one to start giving up draft picks you kind of just have to feel it out you want to give yourself the best shot for making uh, a run in the current year without like giving up too much of your future. And yeah. so I am kind of guilty. I may have been the first one to spark the whole move from everybody, <laughs> but Absolutely. at about nine o'clock this morning, nine 30, I made a trade with Ethan in our league and I gave up Michael Pittman, Michael Carter and an 11th round pick next year for Dalvin cook and a 16th rounder and so and then just chaos ensued after that and it it was a lot of fun honestly it seemed like every time my phone was buzzing it was a trade alert text coming through our league uh, that involved multiple picks multiple superstars um it was interesting because we're kind 
our league is weird right now because we have a handful of um, through eight weeks in the season, we have a bunch of four and four teams, which with having so many four and four teams, like all of those people have the chance to make the playoffs and make a run in the end. But it's kind of dependent on their next couple of weeks. But I think a lot of people had to decide what they were going to do. Um, and some people elected to go for the go for the playoff run this year, and some people folded and just stocked up on draft picks. You know, I, I have thought about. It. Do you think our main league should transition to dynasty, or do you think I, I love the redraft though? I think I like, love. I think this redraft with the picks is like the most fun to me. I, yeah. I think it, it's. Uh, I know it's a lot to keep track of, and if I don't, I haven't heard of many other leagues that do that. Um, because we we use the ESPN app too, and I mean they definitely don't allow draft picks being traded for next year. But um, it's it is a ton of fun. I will say yeah. that. But one person That's I was awesome. thinking of in particular was uh, John. I'm sad we don't have him on the show right now. Oh. But he, I was talking with him last night seriously. And we were going over a, a trade. He wanted Kelsey off my team. And he was like, I I think I'm like one piece away from making a big push for the playoffs. Because he had a good team. He had he Najee. Did. He had – who was his other running back? He had Jamar Chase, Aaron Jones, Jamar Chase, Tyler Aaron Murray. Jones, yep. He had, he had Kittle who was on IR. Like he was not far off from being like a pretty good team, honestly. And just <laughs> – Stuff happened, and he ended up folding and legitimately sold out his whole team. And uh, he gave me uh, Jamar Chase and Najee Harris for a, for a fair price. It was towards the end of the trade deadline, and he wanted to get some kind of compensation for him. But He will have three third-round picks next year. so He will. John will be swimming in it. I wonder what he's going to do. I can't wait. Yeah, I basically – I also like – I was telling Nate before the podcast, I kind of threw my name in the hat, traded a seventh and a ninth, and, you know, I got some picks back. But I got Mike Evans and Stefan Dick. So For for I, a seventh and ninth, I mean, if you think about the players you're getting there. Yeah. It's and important. You like to have seventh and ninth round picks, but really – I, yeah. I didn't have to give up a top – five or like you know first right. five round picks to get that i was very happy with that honestly but yeah that was finesse honestly i don't know about finesse it was fair um it was fair. but yeah it was crazy so it's basically down to like i want to say four people and i'm like a i'm the fourth i i'm aware of that i'm not in the top three <laughs> but <laughs> i wanted to have a chance this year so we'll see what happens I can't big wait. big names getting thrown around though. I mean, I think with like five minutes left, there was a trade for there was my trade for Jamar and Najee. Then there was a trade involving like a fourth round pick for Jonathan Taylor. Then mm-hmm. there was a, there was a Saquon trade earlier. There was just a lot of moving parts, and now there's a lot of separation between who's really competing and who isn't. Yeah, for sure, but. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with the rest of the episode right after this word from our sponsors. Welcome back, everybody. We 
are here. Sorry, I have to be a little quiet because my roommate's trying to sleep. We're recording a little late. <laughs> Not my, my usual hyped self to start. But anyway, we're back to the over under. So basically, Nate, this was your idea. Do you want to explain it? Sure. It's pretty straightforward, but I was just thinking of players, um, just honestly, some random ones, some players that were really like overperforming right now, and a few players that were kind of just like middle of the pack that maybe we had a high expectations for. Um, we're just looking at each of their current rankings and then going to decide if they were over or under that ranking uh, by the end of the season. I guess like you can think of over is better, under is worse. So yeah. it's kind of right. backwards. But So when you, when you talk about, because I do have a question, when is it from this point on or just end of the season rankings? Uh, end of season rankings. So it is taking okay. their ranking in, into equation like now and then Ooh, man. going forward with it. Okay. Well, do you want to get us started with the first one? Yeah. So the first one I have is DeAndre Swift. And I think that was one that Leighton uh, kind of mentioned earlier, somebody that Really, we kind of had some reservations with going into the season. Didn't really know where to rank him in our pre-Jeff rankings. Um, we knew the Lions didn't have a lot of offensive pieces, but so we figured he would have a pretty big role in Detroit, but we were not very confident in Detroit's offense. And so that wasn't saying a lot for him. But he's really, I think, shattered those expectations that we had um, he's RB4 in the season currently. And um, we, and it's his bye week this week. And so we were wondering over under. Actually, let's just, let's nix this name. Better, better or worse? <laughs> okay. Than that. It's getting very confusing. <laughs> better or worse than RB4 for the, for the rest of the season? Um, I'm going to go with worse. Um, I just, I feel like there's a lot of players that are going to, I guess the word is come back to reality, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So uh, there's a lot of players. So here, I'm looking at them right now, like some guys behind them, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Alan Kamara, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott. And somewhere down there is Christian McCaffrey. Let's just say he plays the rest of the year. So you're telling me, John Gray is going to keep up this pace and those guys aren't going to increase their pace. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe. So I'm going to definitely say under or worse. Sorry. Because he only, he only has the four spot by about two and three points compared to Aaron Jones and Najee Harris. So I'm going to go with worse. So I think like, I mean, worse is the easy answer, especially since he has a bye week this week. His ranking is naturally going to drop off a little bit. Um, But I don't think it'll be by much. Like, I think by the end of the year, he may be like, I think he'll finish around RB6 on the year, honestly, if he can stay healthy. Um, I, I, I don't see, like, the big, the thing I'm thinking about is the people surpassing him. Kind of what you were saying, like, I do expect Najee, through 17 games, we'll probably get him with just the workload that he gets. Aaron Jones, super talented player and a great offense. I think he'll catch him. But, I mean, there's 
I can't think of many people besides that. I mean, like Cordero Patterson is RB eight this year. Like he's really involved, but we, I mean, other people are like, you know, I guess Alvin Kamara is kind of in a bit of a situation with their quarterback room. I, I don't know how that's going to affect him. Dalvin Cook, somebody that we're used to seeing way up there. He's all oh, the yeah. way at RB 28, I think, with the yeah, games he's, he's missed. missed. A couple games. Yep. I right. mean, I just I don't think he'll have enough time to catch up. I don't think McCaffrey will have enough time to catch up and close that gap. I th- I mean, I think DeAndre drops off barely. So I think I think RB 6 or 7 on the years what he finishes at. Yeah, no, I agree. So you're going to the worst. Yeah, I think I mean, I don't think he can improve better than RB4. I think that's his absolute ceiling right now without I having a buy yet. And yeah, when I say worse, like I was very confident in that. I don't mean he's going to be bad the rest of the year. It's going to be like a huge drop off either. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, so moving on, are, you want to do like all running backs first? Uh, you can skip around. Okay, let's do uh, receivers then to kind of switch it up. Robert Woods, wide receiver... 18 on the year. Nate, do you think he's better or worse than that to finish the season? I think he's better than that, but I honestly think I would have expected to seen um, that like a trend more in like the last couple weeks. Like I know it started off as the Cooper Cup show, and then it was like, okay, we had the game where it was clearly a game plan to get. Robert Woods involved. I can't remember who they were playing. It may have been like Seattle or something. Yeah, it was the Seahawks. Um, and we just saw Matthew Stafford forcing targets to him. And Robert Woods was super productive. But since then, it's kind of gone back to the Cooper Cup show, <laughs> um, which isn't super encouraging for my take, I guess. But I do think he'll end up being better on the year. Um, I don't have his touchdown share pulled up. I don't know if you're looking at it. He has um, seven touchdowns. So he is a little bit touchdown dependent. I'm I'd, sorry, four touchdowns. That's still, I mean, that's a pretty good share through eight games for touchdowns. Um, I, I think that is honestly sustainable, half a touchdown a game. Um, yeah. But I think his target share will go up a little bit more. Um, I mean, if you have him, I'm going to definitely hold on to him um, unless you get somebody that thinks he's <laughs> – wide receiver one in in Los Angeles, but what do you have to say? I'm just so conflicted. I wish I could push it because there's guys ahead of him that I think he'll pass eventually, right? So like a Brandon Cooks, a Mike Williams, um, even like an Adam Thielen might come down to earth a mm-hmm. little bit more, but then there's players behind him that I think will finish better, like Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and Deontay Johnson are all behind them. And I just can't picture all of those guys finishing behind them. So if I had to pick right now, I think I'd say worse, honestly. Yeah. Just because of that reason alone. um, I don't know. It's just just a feeling I have. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, after looking, he has gotten – like a pretty good share of targets, but it hasn't been hauling many of them in. Um, and he's gotten bailed out by touchdowns in those ones. And in, the, in their last matchup against Houston, he had three receptions on nine targets. Um, 
So for whatever reason, he's not being able to do as much with the targets. But no, I think I think you're right. Um, I honestly think this is a really good number. Um, it's like a I, Vegas line. Yeah, it is. I I'm still gonna stick with the the better. I w- wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe get up to wide receiver 14. I just think the offense he's in um, is good. Yeah, I'm just going to bank on that, on Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. I don't blame you one bit. Uh, so, <sighs> Lamar Jackson. Yep. Quarterback seven on the year, right? Yes. You had nine, and I just checked. And oh, it was seven. seven. Well, I think so. I was looking at Fantasy Pros. Let me check ESPN really quick. I'm checking but... Sleeper. He, it says he's RB7 on Sleeper, so yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Or, or quarterback. I bet you love that RB comment. Well, I mean, what's, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to – I don't know what to even do with him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's quarterback seven on the season, and he just, or he's just coming off his bye this week. He's playing Minnesota um, in his next game. He's got Minnesota, Miami, Chicago, and then Cleveland are his next four. There are a few pretty difficult defenses in there, Cup, mm-hmm. some tough quarterback matchups. Um, I, I actually had Lamar finishing the season about quarterback four. I thought that was kind of, I think, where he was getting drafted at, but I thought there was a chance that he could maybe even get into the top three. Um, I, and I'm still pretty confident in that. I think our quarterback seven is the lowest we'll see him. I don't know how that could be any worse with um, the running back room right now. It's hard because there's everybody ahead of him deserves to be ahead of him, right? Yeah. Like – I guess, yeah, Brady, Mahomes. I think Mahomes is six right now. Then you have Josh Allen, Kyler, and Jalen Hurts does not deserve to be in front of him. <laughs> yes, he does, dude. Jalen Hurts is a baller. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> you should. Disgraceful. Like Jalen Hurts. Um, I would say Jalen Hurts will probably be better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> He'll be still good. Don't worry about Jalen Hurts. Um, but thinking kind of out loud, yeah, I'd probably have to say better if I had to put money on it. Yeah, there won't be as much movement in the quarterback rankings. Um, those positions are just much more consistent, usually, barring any injury. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be tough. Like, I don't think Mahomes falls off. I think he'll be better than six on the season. Um, I do Maybe. think Jalen Hurts will fall off, but I don't think um, Brady or any of those other ones will. Um, it, it'll, yeah, I, I, he's my quarterback five, I'm going to say, finishing the season. That's fair. Um, so moving on to maybe the most polarizing player in fantasy football this year, Cordell Patterson. Yep. Running back eight on the year, Nate. Um, what do you do with him? This is one that I wanted to put worse on, but everything's one pointing me to say better now. I mean, without Calvin Ridley, 
I don't really know who else you go to in that offense. Right. I just, I think the opportunities will continue to be there and he's still productive with it. I mean, I think he'll continue getting touchdowns and goal line touches. Um, I think he'll be better, honestly. Man, I think he'll be better? Yeah. See, I, I'm going with worse. And it's not because I think he'll be bad, but like you have Mixon, Elliott, Henderson, James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, all behind them. I think some of those guys passed him. I think Cordello Patterson will probably finish like a very high RB2 on the cusp of RB1 territory. But I, I mean, he's going to get the I really touches. don't buy that. I, it doesn't make sense for him to be in the top top eight, but I think it is. I don't know how how he won't be, honestly. <laughs> it's it's just hard because he's had he's had seven touchdowns so far this season. Yeah. He's averaging a touchdown a game. I don't I just don't know if that is sustainable. I mean I think Cordor Pat he was he's a weird player this year. And Very weird. I don't. I he think he was undrafted, probably in probably in almost, almost all leagues, every league, yeah. But and I think it was. It took people a long time to like put their finger on it and really gauge their expectations. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna hold on that one. I'm gonna say he's gonna be be better. All right. Well, we'll just have to see what happens then with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to de- definitely a polarizing wide receiver um <laughs> i don't even know how to describe Debo samuel because i was a fan coming in i was like i want to draft him and then i didn't get a chance to i, I don't know if i was thinking he'd be wide receiver four good no i don't think season. anybody did so i think um, every everybody understands like debo's athleticism his ability but I think wide receivers in San Francisco's offense, there's always going to be a question mark there. And with Kittle, their commitment to the run game, um, I, I don't think – I definitely didn't see Debo being a wide receiver four. He was, he was kind of a my guy that I wanted to come away with if I could get him. Because I think he was projected like eighth round, seventh round or something. Yeah, it was somewhere it, around there. It was pretty far down there. Um, but – no, there's there's no way he can he can keep doing this. Um, no, with with Kittle coming back off IR soon, Ayuk uh, finally kind of had somewhat of a game last week. Yeah. I think he maybe eclipsed uh, ten points for the first time all season. Yeah, they might get him more involved. The running backs. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, they, if, they might have a quarterback change too. You never know. They may, and I would much rather. If I'm a Debo holder, I want Jimmy G to stay in there, to be fair. Um, yes. I don't really trust Trey Lance yet. Kind of almost like the Justin Fields effect with uh, Chicago's wide receivers. But, yeah, um, but yeah I, I don't think there's any way that he can really keep this up. Um, he's definitely – I don't think he'll fall off that much. I think he'll finish a top 10 wide receiver on the season. But to be a wide receiver – I was just supposed player, to ask you, do you think he'll be top 10 – when it's all said and done. Yeah. I, I I just don't think the slide will be as much. Like, they're just going to continue to incorporate him. But, 
Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he's in or out of the top ten? I've been debating this so much because there's so many guys who could just – I mean, I've already mentioned them, like Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, you know, and there's even like Scary Terry, DeAndre Hopkins – all those yeah. guys, yeah. Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, DK are behind him. And so th- those are a lot of guys, and obviously they're not all going to jump up. But there's a chance. Um, I would say he's going to finish in the range of like 8 to 12. Okay, I think that's fair. So coin flip, but he could finish a little higher than that. So, But still worse than RB4. <laughs> Yep. Uh, who's next? Ooh, Nate. This is a good one. This is a good one. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Tight end six on the year. Nate, start this one off. So I was kind of dogged Kyle Pitts for a while there. I think you can attest to that. Um, we talked a lot about rookie tight ends and just how it takes a while to get them going. I, I really didn't have super high expectations for him on the rest of the season. Like it's not hard to be a top 10 wide or tight top 10 tight end in the NFL. If you're starting every game and you're really the, the, the number one there. But um, I think, I think he'll be better, honestly, with, with Calvin Ridley gone now, I think, I think Kyle Pitts will work into the top four tight end group. I think I see Kelsey Waller, Mark Andrews. Um, I it may have been too too long gone for Kittle. I don't know if he can work back in there for the um, end of season top five wide receiver or tight end rankings. Um, but yeah, I think I think Kit, or Kyle Pitts will be there with um, with Calvin Ridley gone. But yeah. Uh, what do you think of Pitts? I mean, I, I think he'll be a little bit better, but um, it's kind of a, a tough line there at six. It's tough. So one thing I was looking at, right, mm-hmm. when you were talking, I, I think he's actually going to be better too. Because you know what's – do you know how many touchdowns he has on the year? No. He has one. He has one right now, and he's the tight end six. And, like, he's half a point behind Dalton Schultz. But he's only half a point ahead of Noah Fant. But I think Noah Fant's going to drop off, right? I, I think both of them will. Yeah, Schultz and Fant. And Darren Waller is coming back, and so is Dawson Knox. So it's kind of a toss-up. But if Pitts gets more of the ball and he can get some more touchdowns, I think he's top six for sure. I And I think he absolutely will. Like, uh, with with your I guess logic that Cordero Patterson his maybe this makes more sense his touchdown volume is unsustainable. Where else does it go? It either goes to Mike Davis or or Kyle Pitts. So I, I would yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's the interesting one. He was like an interesting guy coming in, but I wonder who he'll get drafted next year. That'll be interesting. But um, let's move on. We have the last running back, Damian Harris, running back 16. Yeah. Do you want to start off with this one? I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, 
I'm going to say lower. No, you can't say lower. Okay, I'll say higher, even though I don't like it. The, the reason I don't like it is because he has eight touchdowns through eight games. I don't trust the Patriots offense that much, but when I look at like some of the names behind him and ahead of him, I just can't see a world where he finishes like behind them as the primary running back, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll say ahead. He's also getting a lot more carries than some of the guys around him as well. In his in that like ranking group, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This one is a little difficult, but I, I think he's, I think he's going to be. I'm no, I'm going to say he's going to be worse. I think than RB sixteen on the year. Um, I mean, I don't – I'm not as worried about the Patriots' offense, I don't think. I mean, I think they're a good football team that's 4-4 four and four right now with a good defense and a commitment to the run game. But it seems to be that they like to do the committee backfield. And they have Brian Bolden. They have some other guy that I'm forgetting of. Um, I can't remember who it is. But um, it's some rookie. Oh, my gosh. What's his name? I can't remember it. Um, a, a rookie? Yeah, it's a rookie in, in New England. It's not the Bolden guy. No, Bolden's like 30, I thought. Dude, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't even matter that much. But I think that is what worries me a little bit about the touchdown dependencies. I think um, if the Patriots do – I don't know. I I think the touchdowns will start to dwindle a little bit. Ramondre Stevenson. That's the guy. I had him in some dynasty league. I knew, um, but yeah, I I think the touchdown uh, volume will tail off a little bit, and I think that's a tough one. And this is, I think, a place where I'm comfortable saying that certain running backs will surpass him. There's enough good running backs that are behind him. Like I don't, Down I'm coach. confident. I'm confident that McCaffrey by the end of the year could get in front of him at RB sixteen, and then I'm confident also that maybe Dalvin Cook could work up there. Um, a couple other ones, but but yeah, that's a difficult one. I think. I mean, Damian Harris has been a really solid pick for whoever either picked him off waivers or, or drafted him. He's been steady Eddie all year. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. That's the hardest running back, I think, for sure. Yeah. So, moving on to our last player, Keenan Allen, wide receiver, twenty-five. Nate, uh, mine's short and sweet, so you can go ahead with this one. Yeah, mine's better, and I thought I think uh, we could have seen this coming. I don't think anybody expected Mike Williams to do what he did to start the season. No, um, I, I don't mean, think even for Mike Williams, <laughs> I threw four games or whatever. He was wide receiver two, I think, on the year, and it was honestly just balling out. But um, Keenan Allen is the much more talented receiver. I think he's a better player for Justin Herbert. Um, I think 
And I, I, I just – I think the touchdowns will come back for Keenan Allen. The targets and the touchdowns will start to go away for for Mike Williams. Um, maybe Mike Williams is a better one to put in here. I think at wide receiver 25, Keenan Allen's pretty easy. Mike Williams right now is wide receiver 16. And I think that – I mean, what would you say about Mike Williams? Well, yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of a tricky one, but both of these are I don't know. I think this pretty straightforward. I also have realized just kind of going off on a little tangent. I don't I think this might be the last year that Keenan Allen's like good. You think so? I mean if you think about it, they have a they have a couple of young wide receivers they like. This is all contingent on them bringing back Mike Williams, which I think they will. But he's 29. He's going to be 30 before next season. And you're already kind of showing a little bit of regression so far throughout the season. Uh, His targets and uh, receptions are lower. Uh, Just pacing. His touchdowns pacing are going to be half of what he has this year. but yeah, it's just it's just something to think about. Yeah, but for sure. But thank you for playing that little segment with me. Well, now it's time for your favorite segment. <laughs> we're back, baby. Block of the week time, and we're keeping it rolling. How we do you do it every single game? Eight and zero on the season. Just yeah. gets, but I before I get cocky, um, but we're 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 gonna take it one week at a time as we've been doing throughout the first half of the season. Um, hey, ever since I started, I I'm I'm three and or wait, I'm huh? one two yeah I'm two and one. You're two and one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Layton, do we need to talk about last week at all? With uh, some of your picks, um, I mean, we can. I don't want to. All right. Well, quick recap of last week. Um, Layton unfortunately does not get the hit last week. Cardinals minus six and a half versus the Packers. Um, Primetime game. I think we all knew what happened there. That was one. I think when we were having a conversation about it, I don't know if this was on the on the podcast last week or if this was just uh in between us talking but i think we were pretty split on this one i my gut was telling me at the beginning that i i liked packers minus or plus six and a half but i think i got talked into it um but like how could you not i mean the cardinals were undefeated going into the year packers didn't have uh Devontae adams it's like how do you compete um but they did aaron Rodgers finds a way Layton, unfortunately, does not get it last week. Nate. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, you said that twice. Yeah, it's a miss. <laughs> yeah, Layton, man, I'm sorry you didn't get it. But um, okay. John, also, on the losing end of it, he had <laughs> Bucks minus five versus the Saints, which was a mind-blowing one, I think, for everybody that was watching that game, any kind of Bucks betters. We see Jameis Winston go out. We see Trevor Simeon come in who hasn't played in like three years after he stunk the bed in Denver and he, get, he got traded around I think in between there but 
Um, but yeah, he there was like a stat where he like had thrown one pass in like two and a half years or something, and he beats the Bucks. So I don't I don't know yeah. what to think of Tampa Bay right now. That was definitely more of a defensive performance in New Orleans last week. But yeah, Bucks fall short. Um and I come in getting a dub on the week. I had 49ers minus three at Chicago. Um, I was catching some heat from from uh, some of my Chicago friends for that. But it was easy. You, you just bet against Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy wasn't even there. And he had his fingerprints all over that game. So, yeah. thank you, Matt. Thank I'll you. No, but now we're going into week nine. We've got... Everybody is undefeated on the week right now. A lot of promise in, in, in the future for us. Layton, tell us who you got. Yeah, there's a couple ones I wanted to go with. Um, not amazing lines this week. Some games I like. So I just went with the Patriots minus four against the Panthers. My only cause for hesitation is if, McCaffrey comes back, I will not like this. And I would like to retract it if McCaffrey's playing. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. But uh, Patriots have been playing a lot better football. Their defense is looking really good. Panthers have kind of stumbled around. So, uh, yeah, again, I like the Patriots minus four if McCaffrey's not playing. I like that. And when you said that before the show, I said that I was a fan of that. I was kind of eyeing eyeing it as well. Um, do you want to go with John's that he phoned in? Uh, yeah, John. No, too soon. Uh, John, you know, kind of threw in the Raiders minus three versus the Giants. Uh, it's kind of hard to disagree with that one. It seems like if you bet against the Giants, it's bound to work out. So, uh, yeah, the Raiders, the only concern is a lot of off-the-field distractions this week. Yeah, Yet again. and it wasn't a concern a couple weeks ago after the whole John Gruden thing, but um, I'm not sure. I I think the Raiders is a very easy one, um, the way that they've been playing. I'm not going to say that this feels like a game the Giants could make close or win, but it, it kind of does. They, just, they go and bop the Panthers, and they play the Chiefs close. So it's not like they're playing bad football, really. Um, but and I, I think I like both of those, both yours and John's. But um, so Good. I'm going to come in. My lock of the week is the Chargers minus two against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this one feels like a trap bet. There's in no world does the Eagles getting only two points against the Chargers really make any sense. And I think it's enticing a lot of people to go with that Chargers line. But I in in no world do I see the Chargers losing to the Eagles. I think it could be an ugly game, and I think it could be played pretty close, but I'm, the Chargers are the better team. I, I really think it's going to be like a, a touchdown game. I feel pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, that's kind of my favorite one of the week as well. Yeah. But, fingers crossed. That it for the Say long of the week, Mate, This is kind of your segment, man. What's up? 
was going to say, is this all for the lock of the week? You don't want to take away your segment? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> are there any other games that stood out to you? I think one that uh, caught a lot of attention today was the Chiefs and Packers game. Um, those were taken off a lot of books for a while as we got the news that several Packers, including Aaron Rodgers, were going to be out for the game due to COVID um, protocols. Uh, so I think that line, the last time I saw it, was at eight and a half in favor of the Chiefs at home. I think that's uh, right. Yep, that one's definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't think I like that either way, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the Chiefs to cover over a touchdown spread, and I don't trust Jordan Love as far as Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. Um, he can throw the bar far. It's just not accurate. But the, I had another one that was like I was kind of interested in um, until Leighton gave me a little nugget of information. I liked the Falcons plus six at the Saints with the Saints quarterback situation. Um, and then you informed me that Taysom Hill could be playing. Um, somebody that they're more comfortable with, um, have more experience with Taysom Hill under center. If he does that, I don't love the Falcons, but I do think it would be a close game. Um, But yeah, that's really... Oh, other one that I was looking at was the Vikings plus six against the Ravens. That that one feels like a bounce-back game. For For the Vikings? Yeah. I agree 100%. I was not confident at all in the Vikings. Honestly, even more. Once Dak Prescott was ruled out last week, I think Vikings had a better chance of winning that game just the way the Vikings are if Dak Prescott started. Interesting. Um, then then it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, there's zero logic to that. But okay. I do think the, the Vikings have some kind of weird culture where they they will win games that they are not supposed to win and they will blow games that – should be handed to them um but i think that's really the only ones i wanted to cover but let us know if you've got any you like is your eye on the board throughout the week be sure to follow us on at fantasy underscore chumps send in some questions send in your locks of the week we'd love to share them on the show um divert attention from latent's l's I have one. Leave me alone. I have the same amount as John. Leave me alone. Well, mine is mine is coming, I'm sure. And you can you can give me all the slack you want. Well, I mean, you are eight and zero right now, so I don't I don't know. This is more of your area of expertise. I would not even call it that in the slightest. I mean, ain't nobody. Ain't no, yeah. Some track record, huh? That's true. But all right, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Again, still have to be quiet because Kenny is sleeping. But have a great rest of your night or day and have a great weekend. Good luck on your games this week. Yep. Thanks, guys.